Today, Eli Weil joins the show. If you know Eli, you know that he's worked at camp for who knows how long, maybe the last seven summers. And when he works in the summertime, he has no time to be on his phone. Therefore, he has no time to look at MLB at bat and check the score of a Tigers game. Really have any idea what's going on in the world of baseball. So I don't blame him for not knowing that much about baseball. He still considers himself to be a Tigers fan. But the knowledge, it's not quite there. But you know what? Today, we're not going to talk about that knowledge, but more so what connects him to baseball in a way unlike anybody else. Welcome to Motor City Hardball, presented by Blue Wire Hustle. On today's episode, we're talking about the connection between music and baseball. So baseball makes its long-awaited return this week. Pitchers and catchers begin to report to spring training tomorrow. But before we dive into the long-awaited baseball season, I want to take this time to have a, uh, a, a special episode for me in many ways. And today's guest is none other than Eli Weil, a longtime, very, very good friend of mine. We've known each other since kindergarten. Uh, you may know him as the creator of the theme song for this podcast, Motor City Hardball, uh, as well as creating the transition music. Eli, it's very, it is my pleasure to have you on as a guest Dude, today. It's a, a thank you so much for having me. Uh, you know, yeah, Brandon and I have been so close since kindergarten. I, the number of years, it's funny to think it's, I think it's verging on genuinely 20 years of life that we've known each other. It's a little less maybe, but still like so long and so happy to be here. I love you. Happy to do this. Our birthdays only a couple days uh, Yeah, I'm off, five away from you're each 5 other. days older. You're 5 days older than I am. Yes, I'm the 18th and you're the 22nd. Nope. Third. 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 And that would be my bad math. math on your part. That would be bad math <laughs> on my part. But I know that someone else's birthday is at 22nd, so I thought it was yours and I got confused. But anyway, we also coincidentally have lived in the same neighborhood growing yeah, up for so long. We totally have. We we have had a podcast together. We've done so much together. And you and I have a, a very musical connection, unlike anyone else that I, I have a relationship with. Part of the reason why I have you on today to mm. talk about that musical connection, how baseball and music intertwine in ways that maybe we never really thought of before this podcast. Uh, so Eli, I, I want to start by talking about what went into the decision-making for creating the theme of the podcast, because it's not something that's going to happen overnight. And first, tell us a little bit about your expertise and your background knowledge. Tell us Got a little it. bit about where you are right now, like like what, where yeah, you are so, geographically so- and what you're doing. Yeah, there's a lot to that, a uh, lot to unpack for all of that. But right now, um, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. I live here. Uh, I'm currently in school at the Blackbird Academy at Blackbird Studio in Nashville, Tennessee, um, which, you know, crazy turn of events that got me here. Um, all I know is I could not be more grateful for where I am. I, I love Blackbird. Um for so so many reasons and i've been just living it up i think i've learned more since starting blackbird uh four and a half months ago um then like i don't want to compare it to to michigan state where i went to undergrad it's different it's totally different but i've learned so much i care so much about what i'm doing um you know making music and and seeing it as like a viable option and something I can do is is one of the coolest things ever and and that kind of led into you know pushing pushing the boundaries of what I'm trying to do you know myself as an artist so my name is Eli Weil but you, my artist name is Eli Wheels and you know in terms of expanding that beyond just making music for myself but working with other people um, I've been discovering that here in Nashville but in another way you know helping Brandon with the podcast 
um, was so, so special. Um, and it was such an awesome challenge too, because, uh, I know Brandon's taste in music so specifically. We, we, we talk about music on a regular basis and we've been doing that for actually as long as I can remember. We share some unique tastes and I just know what he likes so much. So I had to balance that between, um, knowing him, knowing him, what he likes, knowing what the show is about, and then bringing that all together to make it work into something really cohesive. And I think we really accomplished what we needed to do. Um, you know, so I knew Brand's musical taste. There's a specific part. There's this piano part that I know he loves. And I only used it. Um, I found this really awesome sample, and I only used it because I knew he would love it. And it doesn't necessarily, like, thematically fit in everything else, but it's just perfect um, in terms of having some personality that for Brandon in there. The biggest conceptually what I went for when creating that music though the music that played before I started talking before Brandon and I started talking and this interview started uh was um I wanted to mix the feeling of Detroit specifically Motown which Brandon also loves with that I almost want to call it arcadey or like that ESPN Fox Sports Detroit that I wanted to combine that with the Motown feel all in a wrapped in something Brandon would love and that was kind of my my thought process behind that and I I think that I accomplished it I I hope I hope that we got something that we we like um and it it did not happen overnight Brandon and I worked you know there's a there's like three or four iterations that ended up getting to where um, to that final point, but I love that song, so I'm I'm really proud of it. What happened was, so this 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 podcast, just like the theme music, you know, it didn't happen overnight. This was uh, what three months ago now, I think was was when I came across this opportunity to start this podcast, and a big struggle for me was going to be uh, keeping everything fresh in a baseball podcast deep into the off season. Uh, the world series was like a month and a half prior to like my first episode. So that was a, that was my first challenge, but without Eli and without having his direction and assistance, I don't know where the podcast would be truly. So if it wasn't for him. It, so, it's what I, I don't mean to cut you off, but something I do have to say is like all of the work has been on you. I mean, I I've been there as a supporter and as a friend and doing everything I can. And obviously the music, but like, this has all been you, and I commend you so much uh, for everything because it's great. Every episode gets better, and I'm just – I'm very – maybe now is not the best time, but I'm very proud. To- <laughs> well, it's cool too because it feels like, like, yes, it is my podcast, but you created the theme music. You've created the transition music. So when I put together the episode, I feel like this is something that we are working on together, even though you – made the, the the theme music and the and the transition music the one time and that was it but i will like you will call me and critique me on things that maybe i should work on or fix uh which i appreciate to have mm-hmm. you to go to and another thing too is that people will and i'm not saying that this is like a bad thing on anyone else's part but oftentimes they will just pull something off the internet for their podcast when it comes to having music uh transition music whatever the case may be and it's not that that's a bad thing but it isn't organic and and this podcast really uh with your help has become something that was fully brought from the Mm. ground started from the ground up um and is it has been a lot of fun and in so many ways you have helped me along this this i know we're i mean it's funny you bring it up because it makes me think about and i know we're gonna get in this into this more but like how important the personalization of music is and how much it says about you, you know, you as a as a podcaster and the fact that it's not just ripped from YouTube and no shame on anyone who's doing that because I understand sometimes you might find a free uh, song on YouTube or royalty free website and or something like that. And it's awesome and it's perfect and it fits what you need. And, and there's no shame in that. But I, I'm just I'm so proud to have been able to be a part of it and help you create this really personalized musical feel that in my mind and I know in your mind just fits the mold for exactly what the podcast is about and what we're trying to emphasize with it. So I'm just like, it's so awesome. It's so cool to be a part of. 
So in, in terms of the, the, this theme, the theme of this podcast and kind of what that represents for me, the biggest connection and how this relates to baseball. And again, this is something that I haven't had a conversation like this with anyone ever uh, until you and I, when we, when I had this Mm -hmm. idea to bring you on was players walk up music, uh, and, and what that means, not only does it, it, it hype themselves up because they wouldn't have picked that song if it didn't get them excited in some way, uh, but how, it, how that energy stimulates the crowd mm-hmm. and really drastically changes the environment is from a song. So don't get me wrong, in all four major sports, there's, music is, is, is still involved. You'll watch a basketball game someone will bring the ball up the court and there will be music playing. Like typically like in that case, it's like an instrumental or something. Uh, you, you have, there are television breaks in, in all sports during those breaks. Music is played. That is understandable. But in baseball, baseball specifically, the home team gets, everybody has their own walk-up music. Uh, and in so many ways that embodies their personality and, who they are and that in a sense is their quote unquote theme music is their choice uh, and their taste in their personalized walk up song. So I'm, I'm curious like for, for you, Eli, mm-hmm. uh, this is, and this is just like a, a, a broad question because there's no way that this would happen. But if you were in the major leagues, what, what, do you envision that your walk-up song would be and why? Like, what goes into that decision? So I have a lot to say on that because the walk-up music, just like the podcast music here, is such a personal thing. You're you're saying so much about yourself, you know. Um, not just it, because to pretend that someone's music taste is just like one little small detail about them, I think is just misguided. That is not a you know that's just not right. There's your music taste says so, so much about you. And, you know, and I'm someone who loves everything. And that's a really hard question. Uh, So I don't know because it would change on a day to day basis based on my emotion. But I know it doesn't work like that. So I've had to decide like a general like my my first thought is buy you a drink by T-Pain because like like that would be really cool. Um, But. If I, you know, do I want to be in, am I like a power hitter? Like, who am I in the, in the MLB? Brandon, set, really set the stage. Like, what do I do? Am I like a quick, like, am I stealing bases? If you were in the majors, I could see you as either like a leadoff guy or someone who bats like at the bottom of the order, but you're quick. Like, you're mm. small and you're quick and you are a, a For reference, everyone, hitter. I'm also, I'm 4'10". <laughs> on a on a good day no one can see what i look like so it's like it's really funny. no um, we're probably the same height actually yeah, you, you've got a couple inches on me for sure I, I guess though like in that in that case it doesn't really matter if you're like a power hitter if you're gonna hit the go-ahead home run like what for you what what is it that if you envision yourself in a scenario where you would take where you could have the game-winning hit or like home run uh, or really something? just change Sure. Okay. Let's say let's, a home yeah, run. Bi- let's like, go big stakes. Have, I'm, a pow- I'm a power hitter. DH. The game <laughs> is literally resting in your hands, and there's two um, outs. What do you want to hear, and why? Um. Wow. It is so the the songs that come to my head are hilarious. Like boom, 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 boom by the Vanga Boys obviously comes up because that's just like, but that's not right. That's not the right answer. Um and. Everyone who's listening, look up that song and you will laugh because it's just like that is not correct. Um, it's a great song, but I, and I oh, but for the set, but for that scenario, I don't know if it works. Yeah, um, and I'm biased, and I know you well. Am I a I hometown? Am I a hometown hero? Like, what's am I playing for the Tigers? And it's like I before I was drafted, like we weren't doing anything. It doesn't really work like that in baseball, but like, like. <laughs> like and then all of a sudden, like I'm the I'm the guy because you know if that's the case. Like I'm playing trick trick. Uh, coming up to be, the, just no. Detroit. What's, City. A, what's another good D, like Detroit? I mean, obviously Eminem, Big Sean. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah. But in terms of just emotion and what what kind of emotion I'm trying to do, and like bring. Um. Wow. 
that is such a good question and i don't have you know can i just leave it at like i don't know because it's so tough it, it is it's so hard i mean i guess there's all i want to do is say f- things that would be really funny like every time we touch would be really funny by cascade great great song great great choice i can i okay so i can tell you this so when i played baseball in high school mm. we got the opportunity to pick our own walk-up music which is something that i never got to experience before and to me when they told me this i was like this immediately changed the game for me and i'm sure for all my other teammates because who doesn't like warming up to like i love when you're and you know you didn't play high school baseball but like you're on the outfield you're warming up with your team whatever like music is playing like you're getting excited mm-hmm. you're getting hyped up it's great but when you're walking up to bat and like in our in our example that we made up the situation could hypothetically the game could lie in my hands and i'm walking up to the plate and i could pick whatever song i wanted so i think i think my walk-up song back in the day was um put on young jeezy I put and, on. And Kanye. that's a really good one that's it that's like something i would also love i put on just but just the kanye part uh i'm I really, I, <laughs> at least i don't me, remember that's it's, a, it's a great it's a great kanye verse in that song Soul Oops. Survivor by Young Jeezy and, and Akon. Oh. Mm. I, but, yeah, I don't think you can just say, like, I couldn't just do, like, bartender, right? That's wrong. But, sorry, keep going. I put on. So, yeah, I, I chose I chose put on. But what's cool and what, what helps this uh, bring this unique personality of, of a ball player to life, if you will, is so uh, we've previously talked about how because you've been to a couple Tigers games and Nick Castellanos, when he was with the Tigers, mm. his walk-up song was tennis courts remix by, Flume. by Lord by, no, sorry, sorry. Uh, tennis courts by Lord remix by Flume. by Flume. And it was, it was, it's so funny because we talked about this already, but can I, can I jump in? Is that cool? Yeah. 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 Um, it's so funny because I that's the first time I ever heard Flume, and we must have been at a game together. I I I remember you being part of this memory, whether it was or not. Um, and because Brandon and I actually have been to numerous Tigers games together. Um, so we actually uh, uh, fun fun fact before mm-hmm. you continue, I just want to totally. say this. Remember how we just happened to be going to a game? This is like a random Sunday, and I think your cousin was singing the national anthem or something. And you were like coincidentally three rows behind us, and I had no idea. That is wild, and I'm sure we just chilled all day. I barely remember that day. We've just been to so many Tigers games together; it just meshes all together. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least I'm, and you've been to way more than I have still. But anyway, uh, tennis courts remix, Lord song remix by Flume. The first time I ever heard Flume, and he's amazing. I can't speak on it like I'm this massive Flume fan who knows everything about him, um, but it was like he's such an interesting sound, and it said so much about Castellanos to me at least. And it it's the perfect example of like how I aligned all of a sudden with this player more than I had in the past because every time he came up to bat, I was excited because I was like. I need to figure out what song this is. And now once I did figure it out, I was like, I love this song. And this dude's so dope because we have really similar taste in music and he's choosing a song that I would totally choose. You know, for the sake of argument, Tennis Courts by Flume is the song what I would choose because of Nick say. Castellanos, who's not on the Tigers anymore. But Well, another cool aspect is... So the, the and this goes for maybe people that aren't just like that interested in baseball. Maybe they're at a game, uh, and they typically don't go. It's they were just looking for something to do. Whatever, baseball is not their thing. But in a case like that, where you have a younger player, and the thing is, is a lot of those players are relatively close to our age. I mean, we're yeah. both twenty three. A lot of those guys are you know mid twenties. Um, so in in several ways. You can connect with them. So in, in the case of Castellanos, right, and his song, I and I, I feel like I remember we were at this game and, and it happened, like the song played and we looked at each other and we we're like, oh, like, no way. Like, one, the song is great, but, like, it's crazy that he chose that as his walk-up mm-hmm. song. What that allows you to do is, like, not only does it allow you to connect with that player in a, in a different way, more so than being like, oh, I, he's a great baseball player, you know, uh, it leads you to you go on social media and like you will look them up 
and you can just in so many different ways like connect and learn about that person uh and it literally simply just stems from their choice of walk-up music yeah it's it's so cool and you know the game of baseball itself has so much tradition and not that the personalization of players can get lost in that. I think it's emphasized by that, but it's this great American tradition and to still be able to within this grand, whatever still feel, feel the ability to connect on a personal level with individuals like that. And not just, that's not just even baseball, really. If I think about it, you know, I think actually, you know, maybe maybe it's heightened in baseball because there is a walk up, walk up, music and theme because you know you have there there's things like the pistons like the o, o4 pistons coming out to um to uh the, what's the europe song called uh uh geez how can i forget how am i forgetting the name of the song but i'm remembering the name of the band um Oh, oh, final countdown. Yeah, the final countdown. Wow, it's the final countdown. Um, so that song in like I love that. I felt like a connection to the team through that song, like a collective. Um, and if you know that song, you know those those moments. And being a kid during that, well, we, how old were we in two thousand four? Seven. Mm-hmm. You know watching that happen it was like magical there is literally flames like yes like shooting into the sky and this this ethereal like uh, but yet regal song by europe the band is called europe uh is just blaring and it's just like there's so much depth to it and these are the coolest people you've ever seen so there's a that song really helps connect to the team but i think uh, baseball does this amazing thing where they personalize each player with their own walk-up music um and it's just what a what a beautiful thing and i'm, I'm happy i made that not even connection they're so different but i'm happy i thought well, in, of that in baseball it works so well because it's it's a slow game but it, it plays perfectly to a unique situation right you have i mean at, at a home when you're at a game they they won't give the away team uh their their walk-up songs right the yeah, home just, team, like, though. They just very mild mannered, like soft voice or whatever. Say monotone. Like, say their like name. Like what's, <laughs> what's a good player example? You're, do the like, voice. Just do the voice. Like now batting Fernando Tatis Jr. Like exactly. That. Yeah, you know more players <laughs> that, than I do. I couldn't even think of another player. Right. That's that is the the, the away team doesn't get that luxury. Mm-hmm. But the home team, it's baseball's a slow game. There's uh, nine guys in a lineup. Up. Right. Exactly. So what's interesting, too, is for me is that I have this memory of former Tigers. For as long as I've been going to baseball games, I could name certain players that had certain songs. So for some people, I can remember the exact song. Uh, Johnny Peralta's walk-up song used to be Danza Kuduro, which at the time was like super popular and everyone everyone knew it mm-hmm. but then i can remember certain guys like certain players what they like to walk up to so i don't know if you remember a guy named andy dirks andy dirks i know the, the name for sure but wait by the way for every, all these list everyone who's listening right now i love the tigers i love detroit sports but i can't like pretend <laughs> like i have some depth of knowledge about sports i'm a music guy we're, we're literally on this podcast talking about the the walk-up music so my apologies no, for not is, knowing names and things fully understandable um Andy Dirks though used to walk out to country music. That was his thing. Mm-hmm. Rajai Davis came out to more of a a gospel vibe if you will. In fact, you and yeah, I, I remember I, rem- I remember that. Of course, yeah, it was awesome. Kirk Kirk Franklin is the uh artist and the song oh, is, nice. I think the song is called is Jesus. It's Jesus. literally called Jesus. Definitely it's definitely called Jesus. And I and listen I to that remem- song a lot actually cuz it's just good. It's a banger. And I remember yeah. you and I being at a game when he walked up uh, to the plate and that song played. And we, like, every time we would look forward to it. Yeah. Just because, like, we, you Simple, and I, just, just like Castellanos, like, same, exactly. same vibes. So, in, in the same regard, I, I did a little bit of digging around and I found, so there's a Fangraphs article where there's a study conducted back in 2016 uh, where they wanted to 
take a look at the league as a whole and the genre of lockup music that players decided to choose. So if you had to guess, what do you think, Eli, was the, the biggest genre of music that uh, players used for lockup songs? That's a great question. Uh, it has to be either like hip-hop or Latin music. Yes. So rap and hip-hop was 29% of the entire uh, MLB roster uh, genre of, of music genre for <laughs> lockup music. Mm-hmm. Uh, then came rock. Rock was 17%. And Latin, Latin pop slash fusion was 15%. Uh, and then they, they, they kind of narrowed it down a little bit more. They even took uh, – and this – I this. It, it's interesting that like, – sorry, not to cut you off, but it's interesting no, that okay. – what, what consists of rock? Is that like all alt alternative indie stuff is also rock? Like what does that even mean? Uh, well, the, the genres that were listed, so it went rap, hip-hop, rock, Latin pop, fusion, and then country, pop, reggae, dance slash electronic other christian metal and house so rock appears to be pretty broad in terms of what yeah rock seems broad but like other is in there so it's like what 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 does that mean exactly because like that is all of classic rock like did did it say metal in there separately um let's see yeah metal came in with three percent of the total so then they, they, they broke it down even more. Uh, so there was 921 songs. The top artist that was featured the most was Bad Bunny with 30 players. Then it went Led Zeppelin with 18 players. That's cool. Drake and Travis Scott each had 13. I don't know who L Alpha is. He must be like Also, a- did Drake and Travis Scott, because I'm assuming a couple artists are using sicko mode, um, which is a Drake and Travis Scott song. So or it's a Travis Scott featuring Drake. Featuring Drake. It's really, they're like equally on the song, but I wonder how that's allotted. Is that like all go to Travis because it was off Astroworld, Travis Scott's album? Or, or does that, um, or is that like, because when they're counting the artists, like do they get both get put on both those lists? That is not maybe the most important thing right now but that is just like a, th- a thought that came to my mind what what what's the article called again what's this uh what in what website uh it's from fan graphs so this appears to be the the article is from 2019 mm. july of 2019 the study that was done that like where this guy went back and and like edited everything out i guess to to break down these numbers was done in 2016 so oh, got it, regardless got it. of 2019 or 2016, I don't think a- Astroworld was Astroworld out. Astroworld, I think, came out in 2018. No, really? Mm-hmm. I remember because yeah, it was 2018. I remember when it came out. I remember that summer. Wow. I would. So I had been working. Mode? I had been working in Canada, and the day I got home that summer, Astroworld came out, and it was awesome. So Sicko Mode is almost three years old? Yes. Wow. That's what? That's crazy. I I for sure, for some reason, and I guess now that I'm thinking about this, thought that Astroworld came out end of 2019, like early 2020. No, but I, I was, clearly I'm clearly it, I'm, it, I'm, it came out long before COVID. We had a it had a full run before COVID even was a whisper of, of an idea. Um anyway, this isn't a music podcast. What are we talking about? Well, it, this is still very interesting just because, <laughs> yeah, totally. uh, you know, last season, no one could attend any baseball games. So in my mind, I mm-hmm. can't be like, oh, I, I, I swear everyone played Drake or everyone walked yeah. up to this artist and, and it's, last it's, year. It's funny. I think it's worth mentioning right now how obviously COVID's had such a big impact on everything, but even our perception of, you know, what music has been relevant and, and you know, what was big then still still feels like it just came out because you know we haven't had you know there's all this mu- all this music has come out during covid yet we don't have the same association with it cuz we haven't heard it in public 
or doing it in social gatherings the way all those those other songs were played in a social setting which is that's just an interesting thought and maybe kind of a sidetrack thought but thought it was worth no saying. i i i feel that because i like i can i can also remember too i think cassianos at one point uh more in the he was, i think he was with us back in 2019 still but he at one point like went from tennis courts remix to views a song off of views um, what you remember what song oh was I it fire and desire I, it was dude it, it i remember i remember that too I remember that too, because Cassianos just kills it, and I really like that. I really like Drake and Fire and Design. That I like Views a lot. Also, people like to not hate on Drake. I, I'm I'm all for Drake. He doesn't miss, so like, why would I be mad about it? You know, <laughs> that's just my, you know, that's my little opinion piece right two, there. Your little two cents. So, after a little bit of of digging around, I I wanted to know, like, where does this whole walk up? music what where does that stem from because as long as i've been going to baseball games as far back as i can remember players have had walk-up music it to me it just feels natural right it's always been it's always been around so to speak but it hasn't so from what i learned uh is that back in the day teams used to hire pet bands uh, to play for the teams and for the fans in the stadium uh and in 1941 the first organ made its appearance at Wrigley Field. Uh, so the organ was a big, like when you think of an organ today, I associate it with a church, like church music, and I associate it with baseball. Mm. And when you go to baseball games, that you know, there are there are themes. There is um, the the charge theme, you know? Um, bum like when you hear mm-hmm. these things you i i think of um that being played from an organ and in some cases it's recorded but in in, in other cases it is uh, a live organist that is playing this um which so eli we, you and i we we ended up we watched this video it was the the long time uh, I, I didn't catch his name gary something oh no no i got it it's uh his name is gary pressy Gary Pressy. Yeah. So he I and I, I, didn't, I read the YouTube, I read the comments on the video, and I mm-hmm. guess he retired in 2019, but he oh. didn't miss a game for 33 years. 33 consecutive wow. seasons. That man did not miss a game, yeah, which is that's wild. Wild. I mean, and, and he loved it too, for, at least from, you know, from what it seemed like in the video. It's, he was so, so in love with what he did, and it seemed like he enjoyed so much about it. And that's just a, that's just a beautiful thing in life to see someone really loving what they're doing. Yeah. So I've always thought about this uh, when I'm at a game and there's a certain something happens where it's like, wow, there's a song that perfectly matches with this moment. Maybe a pitcher just got like rattled, gave up five consecutive runs, can't get out of the inning, can't get can't get out. And so the manager comes out, takes him out, brings in a new pitcher. Uh, in that case, you would want to play, you know, na 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 na, right? Get him out of the game. Hey hey hey, goodbye. Yep, I'm with it. Those those types of vibes, and in so many cases, the people that have that job at the ballpark, oftentimes it is, you know, you're at the helm of a soundboard, and you probably have your your list of of standard scenarios or situations where, okay, this happens. Let's play this song at this point because it's funny but what i thought was really really cool about this video about the wrigley field uh, organist was that everything was organic and natural and mm-hmm. you see him and you hear him play it and and it was crazy because you're watching this video and there's there was nobody in the stands and this was probably in the off season before covid uh so there's no one in the ballpark but you hear it and you're like watching that firsthand and it was like wow like i was just thinking that man has so much power yeah that he he is fully conducting every single thing that happens in in the process of the game yeah it's really 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 cool uh watching the video was like so insightful i think for a lot of reasons because whether it's him or you know the the audio tech guy who's doing it for you know he's he just he has a soundboard and he's using different sounds that and not playing organ necessarily 
whatever the situation is, he, he really emphasized it's really a performance. Uh, he's not just doing the same thing every time. He's reading the crowd. He, he emphasized how much you actually have to know baseball in order to have that job. You know, you can't just be playing stuff. He's reading the crowd. He's really playing to what, and, you know, after 33 years, like, you really, really know how to do it. You're doing everything at the exact time, and it, you have to be so present-minded. I'm sure for him at this point, it's, like, second nature. But, you know, when you get into that position, you have to be so present, so aware. He maybe is one of the most locked into the game of anyone in the stadium. You know, you're not, like, a a player or a coach he's probably way more focused than most of the players you know yeah. at, at a given moment because he's got to be locked in you know he's on level on par probably with the coaches or the the moment-to-moment analysts you know people like you know, like you brand like who are analyzing the game and giving co- color commentary and stuff so that's like really cool yeah he you he, that he's fully dictating everything that happens and it is all because of an organ and, and it has and, influence on the game and the players. Right. He was telling stories of, you know, he would play this song after a home run or at the end uh, of an inning or something. And then it was like, and then coincidentally that next inning, like the club scored like 10 runs. Like it, it's crazy how much of an influence music and in this particular example, the organ, like how that has an effect on the game of baseball. And again, this is just one of those things that, you really never would think of and it's so mm-hmm. cool to just sit here and talk to you you especially about this like that the impact uh that that it has and how true how genuine and organic it, it makes the game feel and what's sad is like it's kind of not really becoming a thing anymore like i couldn't tell you how many teams have are utilizing an organist and how many teams don't well, uh use that you know, there, there's sadness to it, yet, you know, it is, you know, if there was only an organist, right, playing, and I don't know if this is the case, and Nick Castellanos wasn't playing that flume song because he was played onto by, you know, I wouldn't be having those moments. So it is sad, but I think there's still beauty in, you know, the another person having their own kind of a performance you know maybe it's not an organ and it's not that classic nostalgic sound but it's they're using their tools because things are always changing you know in a hundred years they're gonna look back and only one team still classic like using that classic like dude behind a board mixing stuff live you know not an organ but doing the the current technique and they're going to be like, wow, those are the old good old days. So things are always going to be changing. And as long to me, as long as someone's having a live, organic uh, performance and they're they're playing to what the crowd needs, and while you know you know living within the traditions and all that stuff, I think that's a beautiful thing too. Um, you know, and that can be just as magical. Um, you know, for for now and for future generations too. How walk-up music in initially started mm-hmm. is very organic in itself. So, from my understanding, uh, the 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 person who essentially kickstarted this whole thing was Nancy Faust. So she was an organist. She worked with the White Sox back in 1970, uh, and essentially she would play you know little tunes like here and there uh, in between innings and, and things like that. Nobody really had a a, a quote-unquote walk-up song at that time. So she says, uh, I'd make a list of my songs for stealing a bass. Like, I got this feeling somebody's watching me, Nancy said, half singing. Or, you know, um, or, sorry, or you've got you've got to know when to hold them. Know, know when to fold them. The Gambler song or Smooth mm-hmm. Criminal, something like that. I think uh, even that even that in itself was a form of entertainment for a certain segment of the fans. Like, why is she playing this or why is she playing that? Uh, and then one of the, the, the stories said, um, the crowds loved it. Nancy didn't use the organ simply to provide background music to the game. She used it to react to it, to score it like a film, to make the fans' experience even more sensory. And I That's thought awesome. that that part was really cool, how they, they wrote, you know, to score it like a film. 
because in a sense that is exactly as as an organist that is and your job what, what, you are, what article is that from uh this was it was the the complete history of the walk-up song so this was like an mlb.com article and then espn also did an article specifically on nancy oh, uh, last last season uh you know during the the covid uh outbreak and no fans in attendance uh, i thought it was a really interesting story because at the same time you know even though there was no fans in attendance players were still getting their walk-up music there was still music being played i'm sure uh i don't i don't know if the cubs hired a, a new organist i i would think they did and that that's still a thing mm-hmm. um at wrigley field but those people like that was still in effect uh and just a side note too but i also can only imagine what they that excitement level that they would feel having fans come back to baseball and it's definitely going to be like a therapeutic sort of um vibe for them because totally. they are playing it is it is them that is uh you know helping tell this story uh but yeah nancy she uh this this goes on to say uh in her so in her third year as an organist the organ was moved from center field to behind home plate which is really cool what, how, imagine, like behind home plate behind home plate i i couldn't find net? any what how, well, like, how like behind like up in the stands i it just said behind home plate i would think that let's like, picture let, let's paint a fun picture where it's like the batter the catcher the ump and then just directly behind them <laughs> like on the field like, just, like, just grass and dirt just like an organist he was just not wearing any pads just chilling like a, maybe a helmet <laughs> yeah just baseball is just going right into the organ that's really fun <laughs> Uh, so uh, apparently the, the Mariners can be credited to this whole walk up music. So this says, I think we started to fool around with recorded music for players in 1990 Mariners, senior vice president of marketing and communications, Ken Martinez said, we were doing these instruments almost like an organist. If you will, we weren't playing lyrical songs. We had Jeff Leonard in 1990, the Hitman, obviously with the giants in the world series, but he came to the plate. And we would just play the sting or theme from Dragonette, mm. uh, dumb. Which and then it's I I don't know what the theme is, and he and he sings it. But uh, <laughs> it it <laughs> it was like it just said like dum da dum da dum, and I don't know yeah. how it goes. So I I don't know if it's that, but that's I don't know if it's that. What you got me thinking. Either, um, but then this it goes on to say, uh, you'll notice Faust. So this is they're talking about you know the Nancy Faust. Uh, her impact around the league with organists like, so the Braves have an organist and the Red Sox have an organist. Um, but what she was doing at the time was inventing the proto walk-up song. Now you can call it walk-up music, she said. I just played intro music for whoever was coming up to bat. Uh, this says, this goes on to say, thanks to adv- advances in technology, teams began using their PA systems to blare anthems. At first, the Mariners were using the PA system to play organ music they recorded in the offseason, but they knew that they could do so much more with the new technology. Mm. Uh, and then it goes on to talk about um, Ken Griffey Jr. chose Hip Hop Hooray, and all the fans would throw their hands in the air. Uh, and that was is kind of how it started. And I don't know if you saw um, the, the little video that I sent you uh, from the movie Major League, but... Mm. So Charlie Sheen in this movie was a pitcher who threw really, really hard, but he was super wild. And his nickname was Wild Thing. And in the movie, like when he comes out to pitch, they play the song Wild Thing and the whole crowd goes wild. They're Mm -hmm. going crazy. They're singing that song. So in a sense, you can kind of credit that. I, I, I love that idea because obviously that's a movie, but I love the idea of, you know, within sports there is room to to develop these characters and and how music then just doubles down on all of that i think that's really cool because i don't think that's too far off from real things that happen in real life i don't have any good examples i don't know if you do but um of like someone who's like who developed their you know what how whether it's real or not you know sort of a character around themselves and then using music as their walkout to just emphasize that like that's super awesome Right. Well, so Mariano Rivera, who's the closer for the Yankees, his gig 
was Enter Sandman by Metallica. Like every time that he came out of the bullpen to close mm. the game, that was his his thing. And what was really cool was in his in his final All Star game, um, they they the camera was like they followed Rivera out. They were in front of him and they filmed him as he was coming out to the mound, and. There, there was no like Joe Buck wasn't talking. There was no uh, broadcasting play-by-play going on. It was just quiet. You just heard the natural sounds of the environment in the stadium, and they the, there was this full-blown emphasis on Enter Sandman playing. And oh, so so it wasn't being, si- it wasn't silent. It was they were playing they were playing Enter Sandman. Got it. Right. They were they were playing that. But the whole like premise of this was was really cool because it was his last All Star game. He's coming out to pitch for the last time. Uh, and but that was his thing, and we talked about this too. Verlander, when he was in Detroit, uh, he would come out to Eminem, and obviously for him, you know, it's not it's not like when if if I play for the Atlanta Braves, I have to come out to a Migos song because they're an Atlanta based. That'd be right? cool I mean, though. I'm sure I'm sure there I'm sure there are some players who are coming out to Migos. Migos. Sure. But you could also imagine too if you were uh you know a, a hometown guy like. Like so, Dave, right? Like David Vinsky. If, if uh, David makes our it, longtime friend, we went to elementary school with David Vinsky. Brandon and I did. Yes, David was on this the podcast. If David makes it to the major leagues, and coincidentally, let's just say somehow, like at one point in time, because he plays for the Cardinals. But what if David gets traded to the Tigers, and then in his first game, or when David is playing at home at Comerica Park, David could pick. You know, an Eminem song or something because he was born and raised in Michigan, mm-hmm. like in Detroit. So that's big Sean. It's one of those cool. things. Right. So it's so you have that opportunity to really uh, make make it about yourself in a way. And well, and I mean, and, and, you know, I think that's especially you emphasize, you know, the hometown thing. I think that's so cool. You know, whether you're the franchise player and so the team is pressuring you or you're choosing to uh, pick an Eminem song because you play for the Tigers <laughs> Or, or you're really that hometown guy. Um, I think that's so cool to be able to, you know, put on for your city. I put on, um, mm-hmm. to reference earlier. Um, I think that's really, that's really awesome, and I love that. I know that if I, if I had another chance at uh, playing baseball, and and I got an opportunity to pick a song that I've come out to pitch to, like I've, I've always thought of things like that and i know like my routines back in the day what i used to do like for me like listening to music was huge like i would go out and i would be you know in a field by myself like stretching and warming up but listening to the music that really like motivates me and gets me going yeah um if you had to pick a walkout song what would it be like today Uh, yeah you put that on me like i'm not gonna ask you back come on man (laughs) What a way to end this one. Uh, I'm going to say. If it's not one of my songs, I will be offended. I'm just kidding. <laughs> she didn't really like me. Uh, <laughs> dude, that's a really, it's a tough one. And I guess I put you on the spot and now you're putting me on the spot. I don't know. I would, I think I'd come out to a Drake song mm. and I don't know which song i don't i'm not gonna be like could she hold me, me down I wouldn't, every time i mm. hit her up when i get bad i promise that we gonna leave it up best i, I ever had would be really cool would be really cool i wouldn't make it like uh i'm gonna be like a i'm gonna make it a big sean song or eminem or kid rock even i don't know i guess i'll i'll have this definite answer by next week's episode <laughs> awesome no yeah and, you better you better start off the episode with like you know jumping back from from last week i just gotta re- bring this up or whatever that'd be really cool i love that to, to give myself a little bit of time and obviously you as well if you mm-hmm. decide okay this is what i wanted i will gladly tell everyone yeah, yeah, next g- week. yeah give me yeah that's awesome that's perfect I will, i'll I let will you know definitely give you i'll give you that opportunity uh but eli I, that that's gonna be all for today i I really appreciate this conversation to just mm-hmm. one sit down and talk about such a such an underrated aspect of sports in general. But it, truly, underrated is a great way to put it. I agree. It, it's not talked about enough, and it has such an impact on everything. Yeah, because there is a strong connection between music and sports, uh, uh, and 
it's funny too because a lot of times you'll see like athletes will say oh and this is just kind of random but i just thought of it like athletes will be like oh i wish i was um a, a musician you know you'll, you'll see someone be like oh i wish that i could be like a rapper like drake and then they kind of say the opposite they're like oh i wish i was an athlete and, and mm. live those lives but in so many ways music and sports and obviously in this case baseball with walk-up songs uh and and learning a little bit about that history there's so much there that i learned in doing this and that was just really cool to sit here and, and talk about with you as as the creator of uh the theme music for this podcast yeah and yeah eli there's uh there's a lot to be excited about in the future for both you and i totally um, man. give yourself an opportunity to shout yourself out tell <laughs> tell everyone maybe what you're working yeah. on what totally what you aspire well, first to... things first things first thank you so so much for having me on brandon you know i love you we brandon and i talk like almost every day so it's this is no no strange thing at all um no and i'm just so again i'm just so proud to be a part of this in any way that i am in this podcast and just our friendship and just it means so much to me um now to me uh uh you can follow me on instagram eli underscore wild w e so e-l-i underscore w-e-i-l um also uh you can look up my music uh on spotify and apple music uh i go by the name of eli wheels e-l-i space w-h-e-e-l-s um yeah give it a listen and i i mean I really appreciate it. If not, it's all good. It's all love no matter what, you know? And uh, I'm just, and again, I'm just happy to be here in Nashville on the phone with Brandon right now. This is, you know, couldn't be more grateful, um, especially during these times. And I hope everyone's doing well and staying safe. Eli, you you put it in a great way. Guys, go check out his music. Uh, If you need or, or are in need of any sort of creativity or creations, musically that eli can help you with uh you know hit him up if you're yeah, i'm always i'm always ha- happy to help and looking for different projects to be co- just to be a part of you know anything from just consultation to actually you know starting a project together um in any way shape or form i'm always happy to have a conversation and see what we can get going thank you for reminding me about that brand of course of course well, Eli, plenty of baseball uh, on its way the next couple of weeks. Things are going to get a little bit interesting around here. And, yeah, I'm excited. Spring training is back. Eli, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. We will see you guys next week, Wednesdays at 3 o'clock. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. This is Motor City Hardball. I'm Brandon Rothenberg. We'll catch you guys next week.